The Christian Bro Code Podcast, episode number 17. Learn how to fight, bro, part two. Hey, what's up? It's your bro, Mario Escobedo. Thanks for tuning in to the Christian Bro Code Podcast. This podcast is all about giving you something you can use to take a step from where you are right now to where God wants you to be. And let me tell you, bro, where God wants you to be is always better than where you are right now. If you're new to the podcast, welcome and thanks for checking us out. Check this out. This episode is available in two formats, a podcast, which you're listening to right now, and a YouTube video. That's right, two for the price of one. So check out the podcast show notes for a link to the video version of this episode over at the Christian Bro Code YouTube channel. All right, bro, let's move on to the next segment, The Big Idea. What's the big idea? What's the big idea? What's the big idea, Egghead? What's the big idea? What's the big idea? What's the big idea? Hey, what's the big idea? All right, bro, this is the big idea segment of the episode. The big idea is the one most important thing you should know from this episode. You should walk away with the big idea stuck to you like dirt under your nail. And sometimes I'll tell you the big idea right at the beginning of the segment, and sometimes I have to set things up before I tell you the big idea. But don't worry, you'll always know what the big idea is because I'll say something like, all right, bro, this is the big idea for the episode, so you'll never miss the big idea. Now, whatever I talk about in the big idea, I talk about it because I feel that you can use it to take a step from where you are to where God wants you to be. So with that in mind, let's get into the big idea for this episode. Now remember, this is episode 17 of the podcast, and what I'm going to talk about in this episode is a continuation. It's part two of what I talked about in episode 16. So this is part two of the same topic. The big idea is the same for both episode 16 and episode 17. And before we get started, I want to recommend to you that you go check out episode 16 before you finish this episode. Now you don't have to, You can listen to this episode without listening to episode 16, and I mean, you're still going to understand everything. I mean, you're not going to be lost at all, but I would recommend that you go and listen to episode 16 first and then come back to finish this episode, episode 17. But don't worry, this episode isn't going anywhere. It'll be right here waiting for you until you finish finish up episode 16. So the big idea for episodes 16 and 17, the big idea is a solution to a problem. And it's a problem that I see a lot of bros facing. The problem sounds a little bit like this. My wife and I need help resolving conflict in our marriage. What can we do? Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever maybe thought that to yourself? Listen, if you've been married for 20 years, two years, two minutes, you've probably had that thought run through your mind. Definitely. My wife and I need help resolving conflict in our marriage, what can we do? And the solution to that problem is this episode's big idea. So listen up. Come on, focus, focus. Come on, come on, take your meds if you have to, whatever. Listen up, focus. Here we go, because this is the big idea, the one most important thing for you to walk away with after listening to this episode. Here it is, the big idea, learn how to use conflict to strengthen your marriage. Learn how to use conflict to strengthen your marriage. And I'm sharing six principles that will help you learn how to use conflict to strengthen your marriage. Now, in episode 16, I covered the first three principles. And in this episode, I'm going to cover the remaining three principles. And let me list out all six principles, and then we'll come back and hit the last three one by one. Principle number one, 
Again, covered in episode 16, know the rules before you start. Principle number two, it only counts if the team wins. Principle number three, don't leave until the game is over. Now, those are the first three principles, and those are the ones I covered in episode 16. What follows are the remaining three uh, principles, and I'm going to share them with you in this episode. Here they are. Principle number four, listen to your teammate. Principle number five, no trash talking. Principle number six, team business stays in the locker room. So for the bro who says, my wife and I need help resolving conflict in our marriage, what can we do? My answer to you is this episode's big idea. Learn how to use conflict to strengthen your marriage. And these six principles are definitely going to help you learn how to use conflict to strengthen your marriage. So let's get started with principle number four. Here it is. Principle number four is listen to your teammate. All right, what needs to happen with this principle? Well, once again, let's remember, we covered this in episode 16. Remember that you and your wife are a team. So when I say listen to your teammate, of course, I'm referring to your wife. And remember that it's not team husband versus team wife. You're on the same team and the team is your marriage. And that's important to understand and move forward under, with that understanding. If principle number four is going to help you at all, listen to your teammate, you have to know that you and your wife are teammates. You're on the same team. You're not competing against each other. You're competing for your marriage. You're both fighting for your marriage. You're on the same side. You're on the same team. Now, just, just think for a second. Think about something just for a second. This is something that happens pretty frequently in sports. There's improper communication between teammates, and that lack of communication leads to mistakes and missed opportunities and all kinds of things, turnovers and, and whatever, right? You, you see this happen in basketball. I, I like basketball. I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan. Go Spurs, go. Five-time champs. You see this happen in basketball when a teammate goes in a different direction and the guy with the ball throws it to the wrong spot, right? That happens all the time. Or alley-oops, right? One guy thinks it's going to be an alley-oop, the other guy doesn't know, and there's a turnover. Or in football, uh, the receiver, he runs to a particular pattern, right? And the quarterback thought he was going to run a different pattern. And so what ends up happening, well, there's an incompletion on the play, or even worse, there could be an interception, a turnover. So there has to be good communication between teammates if the team is going to win. And guess what? It's no different in your marriage, in your team, which is called your marriage. Now, we probably all know that it's important to listen when your wife is talking to you. Boy, man, it, it's dangerous if you don't listen when your wife is talking to you, right? But in this principle, listen to your teammate, I want to talk about how you listen to your wife when she's telling you something. Because I, I know that you already know that you should be listening, but I want to talk about the how, you know, the, the type of listening that you're doing while your wife is talking to you. This is even more important when we're talking about the area of conflict resolution, which again is the whole point of this episode. Now, for the purposes of this episode and for this principle, listen to your teammate. Listening does not simply mean that you keep your mouth shut. I, I think we've gotten to the point that we think that that's what listening means. As long as my mouth is shut, I must be listening. Well, it's that's not always the case. Listening is more than that because you know this. 
that there's a lot going on in your brain. There's a lot going on in your mind. I mean, most of the time, right? There, there are some times when our mind is just blank and our wives just don't understand that, that there are times when we can be thinking about absolutely nothing. But there are some times, I'd say most of the time, that there's a lot going on in your brain. There's a lot going on in your mind. You know, stuff that happened at work, stuff that you have to take care of at home, that noise you heard in the car, that computer repair that you need to make. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that's going on in your mind, even while your mouth is shut and while your wife is talking. And honestly, this, this, this is probably what happens to most of us whenever our wife is talking to us. Tell, like, tell me that this hasn't happened to you. I know it has. And by the way, it happens to your wife too, just so you know. She won't, she'll never admit it to you, but it does happen. But tell me, tell me that if, if this has happened to you. I'm sure it has. Your wife is talking to you and she's trying to get you to understand how she feels or how you upset her or how you made her feel bad or, I mean, anything, right? Any, any kind of thing. You know, she's going on, da 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 wah, wah, wah. That's not how she sounds, but you get the point. And all the while that she's talking to you, what are you doing? And nine times out of 10, both you and I are thinking about how we're going to reply to our wife and prove to her that everything she's saying is wrong. Am I right or am I right? And unfortunately, that's just part of human nature. Look, nobody likes to feel as if they're under attack. Nobody likes to feel as if somebody is misrepresenting their actions or their words. So whenever somebody starts to explain to us what it is that we did wrong or how it is that we upset them, we immediately, I mean, we, we change gears, we shift gears, and sometimes we don't even put the clutch in, right? We change and we sometimes even grind gears. We immediately go into this mode in which we feel that we have to defend ourselves and demonstrate to the other person that they're the ones who got it wrong, that, that they misunderstood what we did or what we said. And typically, we want to do that like right in the moment. Like we don't want anyone to get away with telling us that we did something wrong. So what do we do? As your wife is telling you what it is that you did to upset her, immediately you begin to think of what you can say to refute what she's saying. Even as she's still talking, right? Even in the moment that she's talking, you're already forming all your points and, and you've got this little outline going on in your mind of how you're going to disprove her and everything she's saying. Look, we, we mentally start debating with our wives before she's even had a chance to finish what she wants to say. Like we already made out a list in our head of all the mistakes she's making, all the incorrect assumptions she's making, and all the ways that she's just getting the facts wrong and how just everything she's saying is just plain wrong. And what ends up happening is that as soon as we see our chance, as soon as we see our chance, we jump in, usually by interrupting what our wife is saying. And we, been, we, like, we begin to unload like with double barrel. It's a double barrel, right? Double shotgun. And we're just unloading on her in order to prove to her just how wrong she is about everything she said. See, and here's the problem that we don't recognize how wrong we are because we didn't even give her a chance, a fair chance to explain herself fully. Because even as she was speaking in our minds, we were already deciding that she was wrong and that you know we, we had already listed out all the reasons that she was wrong and all the ways that we were going to prove she was wrong 
And I'm going to tell you, bro, that this is one of the worst things that can happen in any kind of communication. When you don't give your wife a chance to explain fully what it is that's bothering her, then you haven't really listened to your teammate. You haven't really listened to her. And I think that where that happens the most is in our relationship with our wife. It can happen with coworkers and friends and even with our kids. But I think where it happens the most is in our relationship with our wives. We become so concerned with being understood that we don't take the time to understand first. I'm going to tell you that one of the most important things you can learn to do if you're going to have effective conflict resolution in your marriage is that you have to learn how to listen, really listen, before you even say a word. And even more importantly, before you think of the words that you're going to say, you have to listen first. It's not an easy thing to do because I know that you and I were bros, right? And, and, and our dad's taught us to fight and, and defend yourself and don't let anyone push you around. And so I know that when your wife comes at you with something, you and I, we both have the urge to defend ourselves. And we think to ourselves, like, man, I don't have to stand here and take this. I'm a bro. I'm the man of this house. I don't have to stand here and take this. And then so what we do in order to escape what, what your wife is telling you, you interrupt or I interrupt. You know, we, we raise our voice and we overpower our wife with our words and our attitude. And look, you might never use the words shut up, but when you interrupt your wife and you come at her with an overly aggressive attitude, then shut up is exactly what you're telling her. You may not use those exact words, but your attitude and your aggression is telling her shut up. I'm going to be very transparent with you. I struggle with this myself. See, I'm, I'm the type of person who can use words effectively, or at least I like to think that I can use words effectively. I, I like words. I like language. And I like constructing arguments and giving reasons for what I think and for what I believe. And unfortunately, there have been times when I've used my love and my ability for words to overpower my wife. You see, not once in our 18 years of marriage have I told my wife these words, shut up. Never. I've never, those words have never come out of my mouth towards my wife. But I'm going to tell you that with my attitude and, and with my attempts to overpower her with my words... Basically, I've told her shut up many times over the years. So like, I, I get it. Like, I, I know. I, I understand how difficult it is to sit there and listen to your wife tell you that you messed up or that you upset her. I, I know the urge, man. I, I feel the urge, right? To speak up and prove to her how wrong she is. But I've learned over the years that so much more gets accomplished and our marriage is strengthened when I decide to close my mouth and really open my ears. And again, I'm not talking about a passive type of listening. I'm, I'm talking about closing your mouth and at the same time closing your, your, your mind so that you, you can, you know, you're not going to be formulating arguments against her as she's talking to you. I'm talking about closing your mouth, opening your ears, and more importantly, opening your mind to hear what she is saying to you. And here's, here's something you should avoid at all costs thinking of what you're going to tell your wife as, you know, in the moment as she is talking to you. Whenever you do that, you're not giving her a chance to explain herself and you're not putting yourself in a position to fully understand what she's trying to tell you. So what should you do? Well, this is another one of those times where practice makes progress. You have to practice, deliberately practice listening to your wife completely without trying to formulate a response as she's talking. Unfortunately, there are some things that you can do to help you do this. Now, keep in mind, 
that when you do these things, you have to do them sincerely. Look, your, your wife, she'll smell it from a mile away if you're being fake about this stuff. I mean, she'll know. I mean, she, she knows you already. She, she, she's going to know if you're being insincere. But here's what you do. While your wife is talking, you can politely interrupt her. Now, what? what? Didn't you say don't interrupt her? Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Yeah, I, I did say don't interrupt her, but this is a different kind of interruption. And in fact, it's a type of interruption that your wife will actually appreciate. You see, the reason you're going to interrupt her is that you're going to ask her for clarification on something she just said. Oh, that's a good one, right? You never thought of doing that. Your wife's going to love you for it. Or, or not just ask for clarification. What you can also do is that you're going to repeat something that she just said, and you're going to say something like this. Now, you just said whatever she just said, right? This or that. Now, did I get that right? And when she says, yeah, that, that's what I meant. Or if she says, no, here's what I meant. Then you say, okay, thank you. Please go on. Now, again, remember, this is what I'm saying. You've got to be sincere about this stuff. You can't be trying to, to manipulate her or fluff your way through. You've got to be sincere about it, right? But you can ask types of different types of clarifying questions. Something like, now, now what do you mean by that? Now, it might seem a little corny to you as I'm explaining it, but I guarantee you that your wife is going to appreciate your effort to understand what she's saying. It's, it's a different type of interruption. You're, you're interrupting her in order to understand more clearly what she's trying to communicate to you. At the same time, you're going to be training yourself to listen more carefully to what your wife is saying so that you can ask those types of clarifying questions. And if you're concentrating on listening to what your wife is saying so that you can ask clarifying questions, then it's going to be really difficult for you to be thinking about how you're going to argue the points that she's making. You, you can't, your, your mind is going to be too busy with trying to understand what she's saying, that it's not going to have time to have an imaginary debate with her in your mind. So, so, so to try that, it's, it's going to work. It's going to take some practice. Practice makes progress, but I tell you, it's going to work. And I'm going to tell you, you are going to have to resist the urge to debate her. I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to have to like, you know, put that parking brake on. You're going to have to just pull it back a little bit. You're going to have to resist the urge to debate her. But again, this is where practice makes progress. You're training yourself to become a lean, mean, listening machine. Well, maybe not so lean and well, definitely not mean, but I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? You, you get the point. Whenever there's conflict in your marriage, you have to resist the urge to force your wife to understand you. Because the first thing you should do is make an effort to understand where she is coming from. And I'm telling you that this will help you tremendously in your marriage as you learn how to use conflict to strengthen your marriage. Now, I feel I've mentioned this a few times, but it's worth repeating. This is going to take some work on your part. This takes practice, especially if this isn't something you've done before. This type of listening requires patience on your part. Listening with the intent to understand requires patience and practice. Holding back from trying to create all of your arguments in your head as your wife is still talking, it's not an easy thing to do. It's counterintuitive. It goes against what we've been doing all our life. But the more you practice, the better you'll become at doing it. But hold on. There's another sign to this principle real quick. 
After you feel that you've understand, understood your, your wife's point, you need to feel as if you can share with her what it is that you're feeling about what she just told you. And I know, I, I know, I know, maybe I should put some nice fluffy music here or something, right? As bros, we're not good at all that feeling stuff. I get it. But it's it's important. I mean, just look, just like it's important for you to understand where, where your wife is coming from, your wife needs to understand where you're coming from. And I'm going to tell you something, your wife is definitely going to appreciate when you make the effort and take the time to understand her. But just as much, she's going to appreciate when you are brave enough. That's right. When you're man enough, when you're bro enough to share with her your thoughts and your feelings. So here's what I want you to try. The next time you're in a discussion or an argument with your wife, make the deliberate effort to listen to her to ask for clarification, and very importantly, not to be thinking about what you want to tell her in the moment that she's talking to you. Bro, she is going to appreciate it. She's going to appreciate you for doing that. So principle number four, if you want to learn how to use conflict to strengthen your marriage, listen to your teammate. On to principle number five. I, uh, I, think, I, think, uh, I think you're going to like this one. Principle number five is no trash talking. No trash talking. If, uh, if you ever played any type of sport, then you know that trash talking is just part of the game. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just part of the game. If, if you've followed sports and you know, you know about Michael Jordan, you'll know that Michael Jordan is probably the best NBA player of all time, best basketball player of all time. But if you talk to the guys who played against him, they'll tell you that he was a trash talker and a half. But look, trash talking is intended to be directed to the other team, not to your own teammates. Remember, all along I've been reminding you and emphasizing the idea that you and your wife are on the same team. So when we talk about no trash talking, what I'm specifically talking about is that you're not going to trash talk your team member, or in other words, your wife. So what, what does this principle mean, no trash talking? What does that look like in conflict resolution in marriage? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's start with something very simple but incredibly effective if you decide to implement this in your marriage. Now, in episode 16, when I talked about principle number one of conflict resolution in marriage, I shared with you a couple of rules that my wife and I follow when we're in an argument or having some sort of discussion or conflict. Let me share with you another one of our rules because it falls under the principle of no trash talking. And, and here, here it is. Here's a rule for us. We, we always make sure that we never use the words always and never. Did you get that? Let me repeat it for you. Always make sure never to use the words always and never. <laughs> now, of course, I just violated my own rule, but I'm doing it to make a point. It's incredibly important that you and your wife come to an agreement that when you're engaging in conflict, when you have a disagreement or when you're having an argument, that you will not use the words always and never. When you use those two words, always and never, then pretty much you're trash talking. Let me give you some examples of what I mean. And I'm sure that just like me, you're guilty of doing this kind of stuff in an argument or conflict. And, and so is your wife. It's just, a, it's just a human thing, right? So you trash talk when you say stuff like, I hate it when you do that. You always do that. Or why do you always have to act that way? Maybe in your case, it sounds something like this. You're always trying to tell me what to do. Anytime you, were, you use the word always, you're trash talking. The same is true when you use the word 
never. Something like, you never want to do what I like to do. Or you never try to fix the problems we're going through. Maybe you sound something like this. You never think of uh, think that what I have to say is important. Now, does any of that sound familiar to you? I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. Because pretty much all of us, we're all guilty of using the words always and never when we engage in conflict with somebody else, especially with our wife. And what's, what, okay, what's so dangerous? What's so bad about using the words always and never when you're in an argument with your wife? Again, it's trash talking. Why is it trash talking? Because when you use the words always and never, you're actually attacking your wife's character. I don't know if you've ever thought of it that way, but when you use the words always and never, you're attacking your wife's character. Because instead of just pointing out a single occurrence of something she did to bother you, you, you paint her as an individual who always or never acts a certain way or does certain things. And when you do that, then you're defining your wife. Now think about it. If you tell her, you never think what I have to say is important, then really you're telling her you're an inconsiderate individual who doesn't have the capacity to listen to what I have to say and give it importance. What? Because you use the word never, right? Now, is that really true? And like, believe me, I I know what you mean. Like, I know what you're trying to say when you say it that way. You're, You're trying to point out to your wife that there's something that she neglects to do, perhaps repeatedly, and it really bothers you. And if that's the case, then say it that way. Don't use the word never, because when you do, you're speaking about her character and her capacity or her lack of capacity as a human being. If you say, if you say something like, you never want to do what I like to do, then what you're really saying is you're such a selfish individual who only thinks about herself. You've defined her character. You haven't defined an individual instance of something she did to bother you. You defined her character. The same is true as when you use the word always in an argument. Now think about this one. When you say, I hate it when you do that, you always do that, then your wife may think something like this. Well, if he hates it when I do it, and I always do it, then he must always hate me. And I I know that's not the case, and that's not what you're trying to communicate, but in effect, it is what you're saying. And again, when you use an absolute term like always, you are pretty much describing your wife's character. If she always does something, then she must do it because she can't help herself, and it's within her nature or her character to do that. Get what I'm saying? If she never does something, then it's the same idea. She must never do it because it's not within her capacity as a person to do it. And I would say that 99% of the times, that's just not the case. I really doubt that there's something that your wife literally always does or that there's something that she literally never does. That's, that's just not the case. And I know you might be saying, hey, but that's just a way of saying things. Yeah, but words have such incredible power. And those absolute words, like always and never, they have incredible power. Now, just, just turn the tables a little bit and think about how you react when your wife says that you never do something. For example, you never take out the trash. Does, I mean, doesn't it, does it just bugs you when your wife says something like that? Like whenever my wife uses that kind of language to me, 
um, and, and well, by the way, it's been a long time since she's done that, since we learned this principle of no trash talking. Like whenever she used to do that, my immediate response to her was, what are you talking about? I just took out the trash last week or two days ago. And when she says, you always leave your clothes lying around, then I'm, like that, that bugs me. I, I get offended. I take offense to that. And I like right away, I wanted to offend myself and say something like, that's not true. Like last week, I put all my clothes away. I can't believe you didn't notice. I can't believe you're saying that. And it just it just blows up into something that it doesn't have to be. Like, but but you have that reaction when your wife uses those words always and never. Why do you and I react so defensively when our wives say that we always or never do something? It's because you feel as if you, as a person, your character is under attack. You feel that you're being misrepresented and that somebody is not presenting you fairly. It's crazy, I know, but but it's true. That those two little words always and never have such incredible power in an argument. And when you're not in an argument, those words, whatever, right? They bounce right off of you. No biggie. But I mean, it's it's different when emotions are high and and when the two of you are engaging in conflict, words like always and never, man, God. Like they cut all the way to the bone. When you use those kinds of words when you're in a conflict or you're in an argument, I'm telling you, it's the same as trash talking. You're attacking your wife's character. You're, you're, you're selling, you're, I mean, you're saying, you're, you're telling her something like, well, that's just the way you are. Uh, I, I guess that's how you are, and that's, that's how you'll always be. I guess I'll just have to accept it and uh, live as best as I can with you. You know, poor me. And that kind of attitude, it, it doesn't do good for anybody. So let me give you some, a little bit of coaching here. In those moments of conflict and argument, be sure to stay away from trash talking. Stay away from words like always and never. But here's the coaching part. Here's what you can do and how you can talk to your wife when you want to let her know that she's done something to upset you. And it's actually, it's very simple. First of all, don't begin with the word you. Don't, don't, don't come to her and start with the word you. Now, the reason I say that is because when you start a conversation about something your wife did to upset you and you start with the word you, you immediately put your wife on the defensive. And, and it almost, to your wife, it almost feels as if you're shoving your finger into her chest, like just poking her in the chest and saying, you, 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 right? <laughs> and it, maybe it sounds innocent enough, but in the heat of an argument, starting with the word you can be pretty dangerous. Again, it, it, it comes across like an accusation, so instead of starting with the word you, start with the word I. Like acknowledge that you're owning it, right? You're, you're owning the feeling. And, and I know this can be a little bit difficult for bros, but you know what? Just suck it up, buttercup, and just do it. Tell your wife how it is that you're feeling. That's the next step. Tell your wife how you're feeling. Or, or how is it that she made you feel? So as an example, you can say something like this. I felt disrespected. Notice, you didn't start with you. You disrespected me. Immediately, she's going to go on the offensive, right? You own it. You express to her how you felt, and you own the feeling. You tell her, I felt disrespected. Another example could be something like, it made me feel upset. Now, you didn't start with the word I, but still, you're, you're, you're the one. You're still the one who's, who's owning that, that feeling or that feeling of being upset. You can say something like, I felt confused. Or something like, I was frustrated. Now, 
What all these phrases have in common is that they, they state how you were made to feel. And there's no sense, there's no feeling of accusation there. There's no trash talking. Okay, fine. So you've stated how you feel and you own that feeling now on to the next step. The next, the next thing you want to do is that you want to tell your wife specifically what it is that she did to make you feel the way you feel. You can say something like, when you walked away from me when I was still talking. Or, or something like, when you told the kids that they could do something when you knew that I had already told them that they couldn't. Or when you didn't do what we agreed you would do. Now, it's, you know, it's different parts. Let's put all these parts together, and, and let's see how it sounds. Here's an example. I felt disrespected when you walked away from me when I was still talking. Now, I'm not saying that starting a conversation this way is going to make everything go easy, right? It's not going to be like all roses. Oh, I used the formula and everything is nice and pretty rainbows, unicorns and roses. No, 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 not, not at all. But what you're doing is that you're, you're showing to your wife, you're showing your wife that, that with your attitudes, with your words, you're showing her that you're willing to talk to her about something that bothered you and that you're willing to have a, a constructive conversation that can actually strengthen your marriage. Now, there's one more component to this. Be specific about when the offense took place. All right, so let, let's keep on that example that, that I shared with you just a little while ago. Uh, you can add to it something like this earlier tonight as we were finishing up dinner. Uh, you're, you're going to have to discipline yourself to stick with one specific occurrence or offense Look, it's, it's not fair to your wife at this point to bring up all the times that she always disrespects you, right? It's impossible for her and for you to deal with all the times that you've ever felt disrespected by her. But you and her can deal with that one occurrence that happened earlier in the evening. That's a lot more realistic. And, and both you and your wife will benefit a lot more if you discipline yourself to stick to just one time that she upset you. So now let's put all of these elements together, and it'll sound something like this. Hey, baby, you know, I need to tell you something. I need to, I, need to, I just need to tell you something. You know, I, I felt disrespected when you walked away from me when I was still talking earlier tonight as we were finishing dinner. I guarantee you that, that if you take this type of approach, you're going to get a lot farther with your wife than if you come at her waving your arms, vein popping in the forehead, face all red, and practically screaming at her, you're always so rude, you never respect me. Like, can you just feel the difference between those two types of approaches? And, and here's what I've discovered as, you know, the times that I've been disciplined enough to approach my wife the correct way, that most of the time it was a simple misunderstanding. When I approached her, Using this technique, she most often apologizes for what she did, and she like apologizes on the spot. Like right there, she apologizes, and then she offers an explanation as to why she did it. And I'll tell you that in all the times that I've used this technique to approach my wife, she's never gotten upset with me. I mean, completely the contrary. Like she owns her mistake, and she very calmly gives me an apology and an explanation for what she did. Now compare that to when I've come straight at her using the words always and never. Man, anytime I've done that, <laughs> oh man, things just blow up and they end up far worse than, than they have to. So like with everything else we've been talking about in these six principles, using this type of approach, it's, it's not, I'm not saying that it's easy. It's not. 
And and you you're maybe you're not going to get it right the very first time you try it. You're going to feel frustrated. You're going to want to give up on doing it because you're thinking that it doesn't work. The, the easiest thing is for you to go back to what you've been doing all along. The problem is that more than likely what you've been doing all along hasn't been working. It's time to learn something new. And I've discovered, and I'm sure you know about this also, that if I do nothing to change, if I do nothing to learn, nothing to grow, then absolutely nothing is going to change. The only thing that brings about a positive change in my relationship with my wife is my willingness to change and to change the things that I've been doing that are they're just not working, right? If I want to see change, then I have to change certain things. I have to learn some things. I have to grow. I have to stretch myself so that things can get better. So there you have it, principle number five, if you want to learn how to use effective methods or techniques, how to learn how to use conflict to strengthen your marriage. No trash talking. All right. Finally, number six. This is the final one for the episode and for this two-part series. Here it is. Team business stays in the locker room. Principle number six, team business stays in the locker room. Okay. It's not going to take very long to cover this principle because it's pretty straightforward. I'm sure that if you follow uh, sports of any kind, you've probably seen something like this happen. Um, After a game, a reporter asks a team member something like this. Hey, man, that was a pretty bad loss tonight. You guys, you guys, man, you got, got creamed out there. What were things like in the locker room? And so the player gives just, you know, just gives a, a generic type of response. And uh, they use a lot of ums and ahs and you knows. Uh, you know, well, you know, um, it's just one game, you know. Um, uh, we're we're going to put it behind us and, uh, uh, you know, we're going to come out next time ready to play. It's, it's all we can do. That, you know, that's pretty typical, right? And I'm not making fun of players, but you know, I mean, these reporters ask them questions like on the spot. You know, what do you What do you want me to say, right? And there's nothing spectacular about that kind of answer, and and you know, that's what the player wants. He doesn't want to give a spectacular answer. But then the reporter sometimes will will do a follow up question like this, like, "Hey, well, what did, what did coach tell you guys in the locker room?" And at that point, the player might say something like, "Well, he told us stuff that we needed to hear." Uh, but but most of what he said, it, it's just for the team. That's team business, and team business stays in the locker room. And as a sports fan, you're you're, you're kind of disappointed, right? You want to hear like who got called out, like who did the coach just who did he cuss out, like who like you know you you want to hear that stuff. But when the the team sticks together, the team knows that team business stays in the locker room. The does the team know? I mean. It, they know it's no good to tell the whole world who got in trouble with the coach and who got upset with whom. I mean, all that stuff, that's team business. Nobody outside of the team, nobody outside of the locker room needs to know team business. Team business stays in the locker room. Remember that one of the points we've been repeating throughout these two episodes is that you and your wife are on the same team. The team is called your marriage. There, there are going to be many aspects of your team's business that should never be heard outside of the locker room. That is, they should never be heard outside of your marriage or outside of your home. Team business stays in the locker room. It can be one of the most devastating things to your marriage to have either you or your wife going and talking about team business outside of the locker room. Really, there's just no benefit to that. The only time you should 
take team business outside of the locker room is when you're doing it with a trusted individual to whom you're going to for advice or for counsel. You shouldn't do it with your friends and especially not with family members just as a way to get things off your chest. I, man, I can almost guarantee you that if you do that with your friends, all they're going to do is agree with you and give you more reasons of why you should be upset with your wife. Now, don't get me wrong. Friends are great and friends can encourage you in all kinds of things, but I would be very careful in sharing your team business outside the locker room with your friends. I've seen it happen many times that when you share enough of your team business with your friends, they get to the point that they tell you, well, why do you keep putting up with her? Why do you put up with all this stuff? Nine times out of 10, they're going to defend you and your actions, not your wife's. Not to mention that it's completely unfair to your wife. She's not even there to defend herself, to give her side of the story, to give her point of view. Completely unfair. And so you're asking, okay, cool, I understand that about my friends, but what about my family? Like, I'm really close to my parents or my siblings. Like, shouldn't I be able to share stuff with them? No, no, no. And one more time, no. Did you get that? No. I'm not saying that you should never share anything with your family about your marriage, but you need to be incredibly careful about sharing conflicts that take place inside of your marriage with your family members. And let me give you a couple of reasons why I say that. Number one, I've seen this happen quite a few times. Once you open the door to let your family into your locker room, (laughs) it is so hard to get them out. And it's very hard to close the door. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) It's it's kind of funny, but it's true and it can be tragic. But once you open the door to let your family into your locker room, it's very hard to get them out and it's very hard to close the door. Once you let your family into your marriage's business, It gets to the point that they feel it's their right or or maybe even their duty to know about your marriage business and and to help you out. And and, I mean, I don't don't know how old you are, how much TV you watch, but what comes to my mind immediately is that TV show, Everyone Loves Raymond, where it started off innocently enough where the mom, Marie, says, no, I don't don't want to meddle. I don't want to get into anyone's business. But by the end of the, you know, just about every episode... I mean, she was just in that marriage's business about how they parent, about how the wife, about their sex life even. I mean, it's just, it's it's tough. It's tough. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trash talking your family. They're probably doing it out of love and with a pure heart. I'm sure they have good intentions behind what they're doing, but that doesn't mean that it makes it right. I've, I've had people talk to me and, and, uh, and, and I mean, in my case, especially because we live in a Hispanic context, family is everything, right? And, and I have people talk to me. I'm a, I'm a pastor, so I do a lot of uh, spiritual guidance for, for couples. Uh, people tell me that they're so frustrated because their wife's family knows all the business. And they want to share their opinion on everything going on in their marriage. And that just doesn't happen with the wife's family. I mean, there have been several times when wives have complained to me. I mean, they have literally complained to me. And their husband is right there. Like, we're doing a couple's uh, guidance session or whatever. And Wives have complained to me about how their husband's family is sticking their nose in their marriage, into their business. And, and you might be thinking, well, no, you know, not, not my family. If I do that, they're not like that. Let me tell you something. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. Don't, I'm going to say it again, don't open the door of your locker room to your family. Because once they're in, it's going to be hard to get them out. And it's going to be even harder to close the door. Now, there's another reason 
Why I say you shouldn't share your marriage business with your family. Why team business stays in the locker room. And actually, I have to thank my mother-in-law for this bit of advice. Right before we got married, she had a conversation with my wife. And she was, she was very serious when she told my wife the following. She said something like this. Whenever the two of you get in a fight, do not come to your dad and me to tell us about it. I mean, she just told my wife straight out. And my wife was shocked to hear that advice from her mom because my, my wife is very close with her parents. I mean, she tells them everything. But to hear that bit of advice from her mom, don't tell us when you're in a fight, don't come tell us about it. I mean, she, my wife was a little shocked, but then we discovered that it was the best advice that she could have given my wife. And she, she went on to explain, Here, here's why I tell you this. You see, the two of you, you're going to make up. You're going to get over it. You're going to hug. You're going to kiss, maybe do some other stuff, and you're going to get over it. And, and the chances are that you're never going to come back to us and tell us that you hugged and made up and got over it. And what's going to happen is that we're going to begin to form a negative opinion of your husband because the only thing we're hearing from you is all the bad stuff he's done. That's all you're telling us. So whenever you get into an argument, please don't tell us about it. And on the surface, you know, that, that, that might seem like a very mean approach to parenting, but when you think about it, I, I think you'll see the wisdom behind it. Just think of how many friends you have who can't stand their mother-in-law or, or that his mother-in-law can't stand him. Even worse, how many friends do you know whose mom, like their mom, can't stand their wife? And I'm, I'm not a betting man, but if I were, I'd be willing to bet that part of the reason for that is that the husband went and told his mom team business. Like he went and complained about his wife's cooking or how she doesn't clean like mom cleans or, I mean, anything, right? It doesn't really matter. It could be anything. And he may have just thought that he was venting a little bit, you know, maybe just telling his mom just some things that bothered him, but slowly but surely a very negative opinion of the daughter-in-law began to form. And all of that could have been avoided if the team business would have been kept in the locker room. And let me tell you something, bro. This is something pretty common that I deal with. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I'm, again, I'm, I'm a pastor. And so part of my pastoral responsibilities is that I give pastoral guidance to married couples. And I, I've heard it time and time again, his family or her family, they're always in our business. And, and whenever I hear like a wife saying that, like there's this frustration in her voice, obviously, right? But on more than one occasion, I've had a wife tell me right in front of her husband, okay, he needs to grow up and he needs to cut the cord and not go running to mommy and daddy to tell them everything that happens in our marriage. I mean, just straight out like that. And it hurts. And you, 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 like, you look at the bro and he's like just looking down because he's like, oh man, I can't believe she just said that. But he knows it's true. So if you want to learn how to use conflict to strengthen your marriage, you need to make sure that conflict stays in your marriage and doesn't make its way outside of your marriage. Team business stays in the locker room. Now, let me repeat something I said earlier. I'm not saying that you shouldn't seek pastoral guidance or counsel from a trusted, mature friend. You just need to be absolutely certain of who it is that you're trusting with such a delicate and important thing like conflict in your marriage. My advice to you would be that you seek counsel from somebody whom you trust and who you know is not going to go spreading your business to others. And also, you need to make sure that that person is at, at, you know, at a level of maturity that is at least one or two levels above where you are. 
And I know that can be a difficult thing to measure, but I mean, I think you understand what I'm talking about. There are people in your life who have been married longer than you've been married. Maybe they're a little bit older than you, and they can give you good counsel based on the experiences they've been through. Now, be very careful and wise in choosing with whom to share the details of the conflicts that take place in your marriage. Team business stays in the locker room. All right, bro, that's it. We've covered all six principles to help you learn how to use conflict to strengthen your marriage. One final review. The big idea for this episode and for episode 16 is a solution to the problem. The problem sounds like this. My wife and I need help resolving conflict in our marriage. What can we do? The big idea for this episode and for episode 16 is learn how to use conflict to strengthen your marriage. And over the course of these two, ep- these two episodes, 16 and 17, I shared six principles to help you resolve conflict in your marriage. Here they are one more time. Number one, know the rules before you start. Number two, it only counts if the team wins. Number three, don't leave until the game is over. Number four, listen to your teammate. Number five, no trash talking. And number six, team business stays in the locker room. All right, as I wrap up this segment, the big idea segment, let me leave you with a final thought. Conflict in marriage isn't a bad thing. Conflict can help you strengthen your marriage if you do it right. It's going to help you grow as a husband and as a person in general. Like You're going to have conflict in marriage. Just accept it. It doesn't mean you're a bad husband or she's a bad wife. It doesn't mean you have a bad marriage. It means that you're two human beings with their own wants and needs, and you're just trying to get along with each other. The key to understand is that conflict done wrong, the the wrong way, incorrectly, it is going to weaken your marriage, and it's eventually going to tear it apart. But when conflict, here's the good news, when conflict is done correctly, it's going to strengthen your marriage, and it will actually draw you and your wife closer to each other. As a pastor, I talk with lots and lots of couples, and at the heart of most of the problems I see is an inability to resolve conflict. Let me tell you something. If you get serious about learning how to resolve conflict in your marriage, you're going to have a much happier marriage, a much happier wife, which of course means a much happier life. Take what you've heard in these two episodes and use it as a starting point to take a growth step. Take a step on how to learn to use conflict to strengthen your marriage. You don't have to become a conflict resolution ninja overnight. No, man. All you have to do is take a step from where you are right now to where God wants you to be. All right, that's it for the big idea segment of this episode. Let's move on to the final segment of the episode. This is a segment called Bring Home the Bacon. I like waking up to the smell of bacon. Sue me. All right, bro, it's time to bring home the bacon. This is a segment of the episode where I suggest a practical way for you to apply the big idea. Now, let me warn you, bringing home the bacon isn't meant to be easy. It's meant to challenge you. Why? Because you grow when you're challenged. If you're never challenged, you'll never take a step from where you are to where God wants you to be. So it is time to bring home the bacon. And as a reminder, the big idea for this episode is learn how to use conflict to strengthen your marriage. Here's what I would do. Make a conscious and deliberate effort to work on principle number five, no trash talking. Like start training yourself to eliminate the words always and never from your vocabulary when you're in conflict with your wife. This is something that you should share with your wife too, right? 
Like maybe she can listen to the segment of the episode where I talked about principle number five so she can have a better idea of, of where you're coming from when you talk to her about this. And I know she's not a bro, but we'll let her listen, right? It, it's cool. She, she can listen. Now, come to an agreement, the two of you. Come to an agreement that you're going to be more careful with your words, especially with using the words always and never. Like when you're in an argument and you happen to use the word always or never, like stop yourself immediately and make a correction. And this is very important. You should start working on all six principles for sure. Like no doubt, all six principles, but it would also be good to pick like just one, one of the six principles and work on it until you become very good at it. Along with that, something else, don't beat yourself up when you violate one of the six principles. Just like step back, analyze what you did wrong, learn from it, and do better next time. Like seriously, there's no point. There's no point in beating yourself up when you don't do so well in an argument with your wife. Like you can't change it, right? You already messed up. But what you can do is that you can learn from it. So if you mess up, and you're going to mess up, we're all going to mess up, learn from it, but don't beat yourself up about it. Now, very importantly, if you didn't hear episode 16, where I shared the first three principles, make it a point to go back and listen to that episode so that you can have an understanding of all six principles. And also, um, I'm sure you know of a bro who's having problems in his marriage with conflict. Why don't you share this episode with him? Like, let him know that you heard something from a really cool bro. That's me. And and that you think it was good stuff, right? Now, don't tell him, hey, bro, you need help with your marriage. Like, don't tell him anything like that. That's not going to work. Just tell him that you heard something cool that you found like helpful for yourself and you just want to pass it along to him. Another thing you can do is, is uh, like check out the YouTube video, like it, share it, leave a comment. And when you do that, you're helping other bros find this information. So one last time, the big episode, I'm sorry, the, <laughs> the big idea for this episode, learn how to use conflict to strengthen your marriage. That's it for this episode, bro. Listen, if you haven't done this yet, consider subscribing to my email list so that you are notified whenever there's a new episode. There's a link in the show notes that you so that you can do that. All you have to do is go to marioescobedo.com backslash or forward slash, I don't know, which it's, it's a slash, subscribe, marioescobedo.com slash subscribe, fill out a simple form and presto, just like that, you'll be notified anytime I put out new content. Hey, do something awesome. Help other bros find this podcast and these videos so they can take a step from where they are right now to where God wants them to be. When you subscribe, when you rate, when you review the podcast and the videos, you help other bros find them. And you know what, bro? That's pretty awesome of you. Also, share this stuff on Facebook. We also have a Christian Bro Code Facebook group. It's a group of uh, it's a group that's available only to bros. And from time to time, I do additional bonus content available only in the group. So go check it out. There are links to all the stuff I'm talking about in the podcast show notes. So check them out. That's it, bro. Until next time, do something to take a step from where you are right now to where God wants you to be. God bless.